0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, You know, it's true that we try to turn as much of our um, disposable income back into ways of making a difference in our world. We haven't said much about it, but we got a team of 17 that are getting ready uh, over spring break to head down to Mexico, build homes um, for some very well-deserving, but impoverished family. We're, we're so excited about that. We just met with the team this last week. Plans are underway. Many of them are fundraising, getting their stuff together. And if you've watched that project happen in the past, we've been doing this for uh, many years. We've built many, many, many homes for these beautiful families down there. We uh, obviously had to kibosh it over COVID. There's a first year back into the project. And uh, we'll be excited to report back to you as that project uh, gets closer to taking off. All right. Hey, I'm Jeff. Really happy you're here this morning. And for those that are tuning in online, um, hey, a little bit about me, all right? Um, for those of you that don't know me uh, that well, some of you that have been attending for a long time, you'll know this already. I'm a, I'm a two on the Enneagram, which if, you, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot. But um, my I, I have some subconscious tendencies. As the two on the enneagram, they would call me kind of a helper. Um, I that's kind of the superpower of the two. We we are passionate about caring for others and helping them. Uh, it's just kind of woven into us. We like it. We see a need. We often have kind of spidey senses for watching for stuff, and we just like to jump in and, hey, what can we do? It's that's, that's kind of the twos do most naturally. Um, but it, that comes with the kryptonite, too. Um, I, I would like to think that it's because I'm such a compassionate and caring person, but I'm finding that actually, <laughs> underneath the twos is often, we like caring for people because we also get something from it. We... We seek love and approval through helping. So there's kind of a give and take, and it's kind of the dirty secret of the twos, really. Um, when we're not really that aware, in fact, I'll just speak for myself. And, and I, I can find myself saying yes to opportunities to help when I probably shouldn't. I start writing checks I can't cash. My life gets full, it gets fuller, gets fuller, and I'm looking and I see a need, I go, hey, 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 I'll help, I'll jump in. Only to find out, oh no, I'm, I'm having to say no now to something else that I already said yes to. Why do I do that? Because I'm, there's something often in that transaction that I don't even realize in the moment that I'm looking for, that I'm needing, And so I'll say yes, and then the problems ensue. And oftentimes, I can find myself having to break promises. You know, I look back over my younger years when I was really unaware of this tendency of mine. Oh, the broken commitments often to my loved ones, the ones that were closest to me. I'd be saying yes to some of these people I didn't even know, and I'd have to come home and break the news. I can't do that this weekend because I. And then to make it worse as a two, you'd go and do this thing, and the very thing you are hoping for, whether it was a reaction, a sense of gratitude, a high five, I appreciate this, Jeff, thank you, Mom. sometimes that wouldn't even happen. And then, what happens? Now I'm pissed off. <laughs> now I'm like, I'd be bummed out. I'd be resentful. Anger welling up. This is kind of the, the, one of the tendencies of the two on the Enneagram. Enough about me. What are your tendencies? Your subconscious tendencies that move you? And trust me, you have them. No, you do. Depending on where you fall, and some people are just more aware of their tendencies than others. There are some who uh, are really good at relaxing. They just chill out. They keep peace. That's just a natural, they're, they're kind of the peacekeepers of the camp. And they have a superpower in that way. But their dark side is they tend toward procrastination and laziness they can try to chill everyone out and let's just but if they're not aware they can steer toward just literally shutting down some are really good at being in charge they have a vision for what we should be doing on a Saturday or on a holiday or at work how things should be done they just naturally know Okay, here's the plan, and they love having a plan, and they love being in charge. Their dark side is they love to control. And so when someone says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm. Yes, it is. Some are real good performers. They... Can do amazing organizing and planning, and 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 um, just whatever the job is, they get it done. They can get it done so quick, and they are driven. They go, go, go. But their dark side is they go till they almost kill themselves. You see, we have these superpowers, and we have these subconscious tendencies that pull us into the dark side if we're not aware. Some people are really good at knowing all the rules and 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 maintaining safety and not not knowing where the danger lies, always being aware of it. Saying, "No, no, we got to stay here. We, we got to avoid that. Oh, that could be trouble. Oh, we need this plan. Oh, watch out for this. Watch out for that." And they're just always aware of where the danger lurks. But man, their dark side leads them into this place of fear where they're almost paralyzed by what could happen. See, these are tendencies part of the journey is being aware of your tendencies. Where where are my superpowers? Where an unhealthy Jeff, where am I going? What are the signs? I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not where I want to be. No, I'm starting to do it again. Uh Uh-oh. This part of the journey is figuring out and becoming so aware and becoming mindful of it so that you can get to the point where you go, oh, before you go and actually step into that Automatic run-home-to-mama behavior, you go, whoa, no. Uh, yeah, hang on. Can I just check my phone to see what I got on this Saturday? Ah, you know what? I'd love to, but I got to check with Kath. Just in the mindfulness of that moment before you step into doing that pattern that comes so naturally. You can stop it before you do it. No, I'm not going to... Uh, And as much as you want to, no. And you choose a different way. You choose a healthy way. This is part of growing up. And you know the spiritual journey and our understandings of God are very much like this kind of understanding and awareness around our personalities and our our tendencies. Did you know that? We've been talking over this last little while about these conceptions of God. These different ways of understanding what is going on around us, out there, in here, in me. What is God? How how does this energy, the universe, whatever it is that's out there, how does it work? And most of us don't even know how we ended up with a conception, but most of us have some kind of conception, some kind of belief about what exists beyond the five senses, something out there. We don't even know how we ended up with them. Some of us were taught early in Sunday school. We were given kind of a, 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 you know, kind of a, an understanding, and we, we bought in. We said, oh, okay, yeah, that's how it works. And we grabbed onto it. Some of us were watching Simpsons, and we went, oh, That's what God looks like. Weird. Some of us were reading books, putting together pieces, and whether you're aware of it or not, you have some kind of conception, conception that's built up a belief. For the last four weeks... We've been talking about some of the most popular conceptions, kind of the big containers of them, what they, what they look like. If you've been listening carefully and if you haven't been too triggered by the conversation, hopefully in the process you've been kind of locking into maybe which one comes most naturally to you, like your personality, which one you just gravitate toward most easily. We talked about God, this conception of God as super being. It's like a superman God out there. This, this being out there that is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-capable, who is able to kind of show up and do these miraculous things. If it, he, she decides, it seems. We talked about the conception of agency one week. Humans, this is this, is this, this understanding that maybe perhaps humans act as agents of God. Doing practical, being the practical hands and feet of God in our world. You know, we t- told the story of the, of the of the guy rolling up in the canoe to the church. The preacher's praying. It's a flood. The preacher's praying. God, you got to save me, man. I'm 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 a holed up in this church, and the guy says, "Hey, preacher, jump on." He says, "No, I'm I'm believing God's going to rescue me." Only to find out later, God says, "That was me, pal. <laughs> I, was, I was throwing you a bone or throwing you the canoe, and you didn't take it." This concept that perhaps humans can act as agents, as representatives of God in this world, doing very practical things, being the hands and feet and the answers to people's prayer. We talked one week about this conception of God as a hyper-being, this belief that the divine is not some being out there, geographically located in some other part of the universe, but that it's some kind of energy, some kind of entity that's here, not just around us, perhaps in us or in your neighbor, in people that you don't even expect. Vince talked about the divine spark, seeing a divine spark in someone else and going, could that actually be God here, right there, right there? Last week, Vince explained that the purpose of our conceptions of God are to help us experience life more fully. To help us wrap our heads around the big why. Perhaps we're here. To help us understand the mysteries. Why did that go down? To help us walk through the dark times and chapters of life when things are going really unexpectedly. These conceptions, God, when you buy into one that all of a sudden maybe explains what's going on, It's amazing what can happen inside of us. When all of a sudden you go, maybe this is why I'm here. Maybe this opportunity that I just engage in, maybe this is part of something deeper. Maybe I am actually being commissioned by God. Maybe that bad thing that happened, that wasn't some entity out there kind of saying, you know screw you, man. Maybe it doesn't work that way. And so you end up with these You saw this last week. The purpose, you get that belief, that conception of God, and when it makes sense, all of a sudden, life becomes something amazing, and you begin to bounce. You begin to experience life in this full way where you're going, oh, man, my life, all of a sudden, is taking on this new dimension. That was the point of these conceptions. All of a sudden, life just becomes richer and moves deeper and wider that's the point not trying to prove that your conception is right or that you you can prove the ins and outs of that no no that's not the point or having the right conception no it's not the point the point is it gives you lift Sometimes, though, our conception of God gets in the way of us bouncing. Every now and then, something breaks down. And how you understood the universe to work, just when you thought you had God figured out, and you went, oh, I think this is what she, it, he should do, and it doesn't work that way. All of a sudden, the bouncing stops. And this is often when we encounter people going, something went bad. Something is wrong. Or this whole spirituality thing is a crock. I hear this all the time. That's all BS. Huh, really? And I would posit that perhaps what has to happen in these times If you're really aware, just like your personality, and all of a sudden you see yourself steering into the ditch over here with your tendency, in the exact same way, you look, you're aware enough of your particular conception of God, and you go, wait a second. Something doesn't seem to be working here. My tendency is to understand the universe, God, life, in this way, something stopped working here. I'm going to step out of that for a second and I'm going to embrace a different conception that might give me handles again for life and explain what might be going on here. Now, again, ninja mindfulness and awareness. But the ability to step out of one conception and move into another form. Just like I am a natural too who's a natural helper, but I can step back and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now is not the time for that in play. My life needs me to act over here. I need to move over into this other place. I need to act like a seven right now. And when you figure out that you have the ability, the awareness, and the mindfulness to step out and do this, it's amazing how that experience doesn't become a one and done. That's what I want to get to today. But it all begins with the awareness and the awareness of what is your run-home-to-mama conception. And not just what is your natural conception of the divine, but what does it give you? What is it giving you? Why is it you run to that thing? Why is it you want to conceive of the divine in that particular way? Let me tell you a story. My dad um, and mom, they split when I was five years old. Um, and I still, you know, it's funny the memories that you have, but I remember the day Dad left permanently. I had no idea that he was leaving permanently. And probably that would have been too much information. But one thing my dad did, and bless his heart, I, don't, I think he meant well, but I remember him kneeling down, looking me in the eye. My mom was right there. I think my older sister was in the room, and he said, Jeff, i got to go away, but I need you to take care of your mom. I need you to be the man of the house. Now I was five years old. What did I know about doing that? I know probably in his own way of thinking it would encourage my mom that he was trying to help me, help the kids kind of behave. I, I, I like to think that that's maybe what he intended. But my mom said that in the years later, the unintended pressure that would put on me started to surface. We laugh about it now, but we would go driving in the winter. It would be icy. Mom had this little Beaumont two-door rear-wheel drive. The roads would be icy, and I'd be sitting in the back seat, and all of a sudden I could feel the back wheels sliding up. And Mom said I would... (laughs) Seatbelts weren't really a big deal at that time. I would (laughs) lean up over the front seat you know, kind of huddling right beside Mama, and I'd start trying to coach her on her driving. (laughs) Mom said it was cute. You know, Jeff, you had never driven a thing in your life, but I was trying to help Mom navigate those roads. And I think subconsciously, I felt this responsibility. I I need to help Mom because Mom needed a man. There were times when... I could tell um, mom was overwhelmed and I would, I couldn't help it, I just, i feel responsible. So uh, I'd start cleaning, start organizing, start I, I, anything to try to help her calm down. I, I felt that pressure. Uh, so there's a good reason now in hindsight when we would be in church and they would start talking about God as a heavenly father who was present watching wanting to care wanting to help was always there he was at every hockey game He was capable of protecting and guiding. Oh, my God. I loved that conception of God. I just thought, man, to have a dad, a super dad, who is always with me, who is capable of protecting. It wouldn't be all my job, but he would actually take care of us, of my mom. He would watch out for us. I remember uh, being in church and there's this one time they they introduced a song and uh, it was by a guy named Tommy Walker. It was called uh, He Knows My Name. Ah, Jesus. Kills me. But the song said uh, He Knows My Name. God Knows Your Name. He knows your every thought. These are the lyrics of the song. He hears, he, he sees each tear that falls and hears you when you call. I remember hearing that. As a kid, without a dad, I'm like, I love you, man. Bounce. I would come out of church flying. I'm like, God knows my name. He's right here. I, I would just be like, poof, so thrilled with this concept of God as heavenly. Do you see what I mean? A conception of God can do something very powerful in someone's life. Very powerful. Oh, sorry. That gets me thinking back to that. Theologians for a long time have been saying, that often God is a reflection of us, of who we are, of what we need, what we crave. In some ways, it's almost like we create God in our image. Karl Barth said, when we, when we talk about God, we actually talk about ourselves, only with a megaphone. It's like it, it, our, our, our God, our image of God almost legitimizes what we most desperately need in our lives. Su- uh, Susan, she walked into her first AA recovery meeting. She was a mess. She was on the verge of losing her marriage. She had a problem. She couldn't say no to drinking. It had been there for a while. She'd been functional for a long time, and then all of a sudden it just took a bad turn. She, was on the- she had neglected her kids. She was struggling to hold things together at work. She- her life just felt like complete chaos. Finally, she broke down. She walked into her AA meeting. And over the next few weeks, she was introduced to this conception of a higher power that could restore her to sanity. This higher power that was capable of bringing order where there was complete chaos. And for her, you know, some people resist that thought, but not her. That conception of God just resonated so deep within her. She's like, are you serious? There's something out there that can... Take my mess and restore it. Bring it. Bring it now. She wanted to surrender control to that. This conception of a higher power. Boom! She came out of those meetings flying. She's going, I have surrendered to something that's bigger than me. And I I know it's going to do this. It's going to help me through. She bounces. heard people say, they believe everything happens for a reason. This is a very common belief. No such thing as coincidence. If you drill down into that belief, essentially it is a super being concept just like the higher power concept. Just like the heavenly father concept. These are all versions of the super being conception of God. Really, essentially what it is, is this belief that something out there, greater intelligence, whatever it is, is synchronizing life, making things work out. And when something almost synchronistically all lines up, people go, (laughs) "That, that was not me. Something is going on, right? You can read passages in the Bible, and I'm telling you, many people have quoted this Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I got plans to prosper you. Not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Man, your life seems like it's a little bit out of control right now. Just you wait. Things are going to start happening. And when all of a sudden something, they go, hallelujah. The super being, God has come through. This is a God thing. This belief, this conception of God, what is it doing for someone underneath? Giving this incredible comfort and reassurance, especially when unexpected things, when life isn't necessarily going the way it should. To trust in some kind of entity out there that's five steps ahead. You're looking at it right now, the thought that there is a being out there that's already going, wait, 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 you're at step one, wait till step five, it gets better. The comfort, the peace, the sleep, I can rest. Someone out there has got this thing by the wheel. As I'm talking about this, can you recognize, perhaps in you, a conception that you hold that you're going, oh yeah, that does do something, or that one has done something for me. They do things for us. Vince talked about this conception of God as hyper-being- this conception of the divine that isn't so much about some psychological need for comfort or peace in the middle of chaos of life. Perhaps those that are drawn to this conception of God as hyperbeing are more looking for meaning and significance in their lives. Like, what are we even doing here now? There's got to be more to this. I mean, let's face it. Many of these people come from maybe more of a science background. And they'll often say, science shines when it's dealing with atoms and molecules and electrons and protons. But it doesn't do all that well with explaining the craving of our souls. What's moving, what's stirring us at a deep soul level. I mean, how do you explain how that particular song moved you? How do you articulate what was going on when you fell in love with that person. Provide the data for how that sunset, that landscape, that piece of art, that musical experience, that conversation you had with that person, with your best friend, how that made your soul leap. Explain that through science. Something is moving. Something deeper is going on. You see, science doesn't know what to do with these experiences that you and I absolutely know to be true, but we cannot seemingly prove what that thing is. What is it? It's boiling below the surface, it's humming. These experiences, they hijack us. They can pin us to the ground and don't let us up. They can invigorate us, for breathing color into a black and white world. I've witnessed this. I've witnessed you. I've witnessed many people will sit in a service like this, and they'll come back here. I've watched, not all that long ago, a girl, her eyes are like bloodshot. She, she, this is one of her first times she'd been here. She said, what the hell? She said, I couldn't stop crying. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. She said that music started playing. Something just started moving Someone told me about concerts they've attended, hikes they've been on, experiences they've had through meditation. I've heard crazy stories about people who are high on psychedelics that had this crazy God experience that they still don't know what to say about. And they're going, don't tell me that wasn't real. It's been life-changing for me. I'm still trying to process. No other words for it than, man, that was spooky or that was transcendent. That was a God thing number of years ago, Jane Fonda was in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, <laughs> and the interviewer says to Jane, you know, your most recent and perhaps most dramatic transformation is you becoming a Christian. The interviewer says, even with your flair for controversy, you have to admit, that's pretty explosive. <laughs> like, real condescending language, Hey, Like, what do you have to say? She said... I was drawn to faith because I could feel reverence humming in me. She could feel something moving. She says, I I don't have words for it, but I know there's something more. Something at soul level was being stirred. Something transcendent she was feeling on the inside. When Vince spoke a couple weeks ago about the hyper-being conception of God, he explained that this understanding of the experience of divine, it isn't located somewhere out there. It can, it can resonate somewhere deep within. And you just know this is not just eating, sleeping, paying taxes kind of stuff. There's something deeper going on here. People are drawn to this conception of the divine, I think, maybe longing for the experiences of the mystery, mystery, mysterious. The unexplainable, the transcendent that isn't easily handled by math and physics and chemistry and biology. You see what I mean? Your conception of God, you are grabbing onto because it's doing something for you underneath. And when you find the one, when you land on that thing, boom, something starts leaping and taking off. They're giving us something. One conception of God isn't more right than the next. That's not what we're saying here. You hold one and one lets you bounce. Go for it. Jump. Bounce away. But every now and then, it might stop working. Be forewarned. Something might not make sense. Life might take a hard turn. And all your understanding of how the world and God works takes a hard left turn. And before you just start waving your middle finger at God or the universe or whatever, and you say, This is all I would say, maybe you got to do what I do with my two orientation and with the Enneagram, we step back and we go, Wait, wait, wait. maybe my tendency in this area, needs to shift. Because there will be times when the conception stops working. I was just watching sports this last week, and I don't know if for those hockey fans out there, a guy named Sergey, sorry, Mikhail Sergachev from the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, <laughs> Lightning, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking Buccaneers. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Sorry, I'm thinking football. Lightning, superstar. In December, he, he hurts his leg really bad, misses 17 games. This guy's a superstar. His team is needing him badly. He returns to action just this past Wednesday. And in just a freak accident, he gets tripped up and goes down. He snaps both his fibula and his tibia. In his leg. The next morning he posts on Instagram. He says, oh man. Why me? Why now? After all the games I've missed. Coming back and getting injured again. Feels so unfair. Feels terrible. Trying to stay calm and positive. But it's impossible. After doing everything right. I get this. The universe is unpredictable, I guess, and it has its own plans. But F the universe, man. Man, I read that and I went, there is a guy who has a conception of God of the universe, that everything happens for a reason. That someone out there is turning, it. and up until perhaps just the last couple months, the universe has given them a thumbs up. Said, Sergio you're gonna be one of the top scorers in the league. You're gonna land a monster contract. People are gonna look up to you. You're gonna be respected. All throughout his life, he has just risen, 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 risen. And then all of a sudden, in his mind, the universe just starts giving him the thumbs down, and he's going. At some point in time, the the conception of God that you're holding may seem broken. You know, I would have, I would love to be able to sit in that hospital room with Sergeyev this week and say maybe. Mikhail, you need to consider a different conception. One that doesn't necessarily believe that behind every good or bad thing, someone has pulled a lever to make that happen. Maybe crap just happens. Maybe there's other explanations. Maybe the universe isn't giving you the thumbs down. Perhaps what we need to do, Sergachev, is we need to change out a few springs on that trampoline. Because now you are not bouncing. Life doesn't make sense to you and you're angry. What if in moments like those, with incredible mindfulness, we could just stand back and look at really what's going on, what we're feeling, what we were getting from a certain understanding that now is no longer delivering? And we could say, hmm, maybe it's not super being. Maybe God is hyper being. <laughs> we better in this. What would that mean? Perhaps in the process of just being aware of why. You feel such a disconnection in your spiritual journey. You could kind of maybe start stepping out of that run home to mama pattern and find something that just made more sense, that allowed you to get back on that thing and say, here we go. Because I'm telling you, there are conceptions of God that allow you to bounce in the middle of deep water when life is going completely sideways. This is our hope for all of us. We're wrapping up this God series. Our prayer has been as we have explored these different ways of understanding or trying to wrap our heads around the divine, that we would perhaps just grow each of our awareness around Where we maybe have been, the conception of God that has worked for perhaps so long, perhaps maybe why there is confusion, where there has been a level of dissonance in your life because you've kind of stopped believing in something, but you haven't really found something else that really makes sense. And that maybe in the process you could start just with curiosity, exploring some of these other ways of understanding, grabbing onto some of this stuff. So having said all that today, I guess our prayer for you is that you would stay open. That you wouldn't close off. That when something stops making sense or when something upsets you about how you thought it works, that you would just step back and you'd start maybe looking Realizing there are some other ways of understanding, of grabbing on to the universe, grabbing on to what lies below, and recognizing what it can do inside of you. That's our prayer. May you be open and mindful enough to at least step back. That's our prayer.